at some point, we're probably going to talk, probably, about the Cotton Bowl and actual on-field football matchups for Ohio State, but it will not be today. Welcome back to the Podcast Daily. It is Monday, and it is still time to talk about Ohio State and the quarterback drama. I don't know. Is that too strong a word? Probably. Uh, but that's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Kyle McCord went in the portal last Monday. We broke that down and then started speculating about what Ohio State needed to do. And since then, they haven't done much of anything uh, since. Um, but perhaps that will change in the days ahead. Burn, what do you think? I think it's improbable, uh, uh, impossible and not like the best course of action or spent or use of time to talk about a game when we have no idea who's going to be playing in it. For Ohio State. And so until we know who's actually playing in the Cotton Bowl, it seems somewhat irrelevant to discuss it at, at length. So let's give it through the end of this week. And as Ohio State starts to get back their their NFL player evals and figuring out who gets what draft grade and who's deciding to stick around, who's going to play even if they are going to the NFL, et cetera. Because there's guys like Kate Stover and Tommy Eckenberg who we know are not returning to Ohio State, but they could very well be playing in the Cotton Bowl. And in fact, I expect them to. So, like, then you have, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of time to figure that out. There's still three weeks, three weeks or so to the game. Yeah. And Ohio State will have more uh, player availability and potentially Ryan Day again. Uh, we think that would probably be Tuesday of this week. So, uh, hopefully, Bill and I have a Talking Tuesday uh, episode coming your way tomorrow where we can get some of these answers, although I don't know how many we'll get and which Buckeyes will be available. But no matter what, I think everyone will still be asking about this quarterback situation, Bill. So what what needs to happen from here? Uh, by the way, I saw I saw Kate Stover on Sunday morning at the the Locks uh, Bagel Shop in Short North. Didn't ask him what he's doing, but I just I just wanted, I saw him. I made eye contact with him, which like spooked the crap out of me because it's like you just don't expect to see Kate Stover at a bagel shop in the Short North he, at like was, nine, nine o'clock in the morning like, on a Sunday. No, you don't. Bagels with locks? Was he getting? That doesn't seem like a. I don't know what he was doing. Country boy. I said, I said, I said, hey, Kate, how you doing? And he just went, like, give me a head nod and just kept walking. <laughs> well, that part checks out for sure. Now yeah, I believe yeah. it. it was definitely him in case there was any doubt. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm a little conflicted on like what I think they should do. I'm kind of curious where, where, where you guys are on that. Like we've told some people some names that I guess like Ohio State is interested in is probably the right way to say it. Like there's not been a whole lot of movement. And and one of those guys, Dylan Gabriel, has now committed to Oregon, uh, the, the transfer from Oklahoma, who was a transfer from Central Florida before that. So like there, there still aren't a ton of options out there that I find all that interesting. And I do think it's a little difficult to get a handle on, on what exactly Ohio State wants to do. It, it does seem like they're being patient, perhaps to their detriment. But even then, I'm not. I don't know, like immediately after Kyle McCord left, I was like, I got to get one. And now that a few days have passed since then, and it's, I think it's more about surveying what's out there maybe than, than it is being super confident in what Ohio State has. But I, at the moment, I don't feel like they need to just go get a guy to get a guy. Um, so I don't like, how, how do you guys feel about that? Cause I, I don't, I, I don't see one out there that's like, if they don't get this guy, they're screwed. And I can't believe they didn't go get him. Like, I, I don't see that guy in the portal at the moment. Uh, I'm sort of on the fence of between what they, what people want them to do, what they should do, what they need to do. All those things I think are different, Bill. I think what they need to do is this week announce which quarterback is starting the cotton bowl. Make sure that people know that. I think it'll be Devin Brown. Let him get out there and do what he does now and, and, and give him an opportunity to, to stake his claim to the job moving forward. 
Does that mean that they shouldn't go after a transfer quarterback? I don't think that's the case. I, I, I do agree with you, though, that if if Riley Leonard is unavailable and, and all signs seem to be pointing to him eventually committing to Notre Dame and Dylan Gabriel's already off the market, is there anybody else in the portal that you look at and go, that is an, a surefire upgrade for Ohio State and a guy who is, you know, when he walks in the door, one or two of the current quarterbacks are going to leave because that's just the way this is going to work out. And are you comfortable with that guy being your starting quarterback or sight unseen? And I don't think that guy exists. So I, I don't, uh, it's hard for me to really look at this current situation and say definitively, yes, this is the, what they have to do. This is the guy they have to get. We've talked to enough people and, and all understand that Riley Leonard has been circled as, as like the guy, if they could get him to come in, but that doesn't seem like he has any interest in doing that at this point. So now you have to look at the current room with Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz and then Aaron Nolan, who arrives in a month and say, this is our guys and, and we're going to ride it out. Anyone else you bring in that is not in that group of, of Riley Leonard and that's it. Unless Michael Pratt ends up entering the transfer portal, like nobody else is a surefire upgrade. And I think that's the confusion and, and part of the chaos that's uh, growing for Ohio State. It's a, it's a hard one to answer, and I think maybe that's why there's some seeming paralysis about what's going on and the way Ohio State's moving, because I would have thought immediately, um, we know that Ohio State wanted to try and bring in a, and schedule a visit for Dylan Gabriel, try to you know reach out to Riley Leonard, and it, they didn't get Dylan Gabriel on campus before he committed to Oregon. As Berm said, we don't know if that will happen with Riley Leonard, who had that do not contact tag on his profile as soon as he entered the transfer portal last week. You know, beyond that, it looks like we've talked about, you know, uh, Will Howard, Texas A&M appears to be in a pretty good spot for his services. We'll see what happens there. Uh, there were people attaching Cam Ward's name to Ohio State. That seems to be happening. What seems to be happening is his agents or his advisors desperately want him to be an Ohio State option. And the interest doesn't appear to be mutual at this point from Ohio State towards Cam Ward. We'll see if that changes as they continue to uh, burn, put it in, in the right term. And you did too, Bill, like evaluating the landscape and what's potentially out there and how that stacks up with what they already have in Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz and Aaron Nolan. I, I part of the reason that I felt so strongly, and I guess still do, that Ohio State is going to get a transfer portal is not just the basic math with Ryan Day wanting to have four quarterbacks. You need to replace Kyle McCord in that situation. But some sense of uncertainty about how much development Devin Brown made in this year after getting hurt, and that was not a good good development for him in October on, and then the opportunity to go out and get those reps that he may have had, uh, those slipped away, both practice and in games. And then betting a little bit on whether Lincoln Keenholz would actually be ready to be a starting caliber national championship contending quarterback by next September. Now, that's a long way away to use Ryan Day's uh, verbiage, uh, but I, I don't know that Ohio State is certain about which transfer portal quarterback would be the best fit, and I don't think that it's certain about what's going to happen over the next nine months with Devin Brown and Lincoln Keynotes, in all honesty. Yeah, it's a tough spot, because right? I, 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 don't, I don't know that I sense like frantic urgency from Ohio State to try to find somebody. I, th I think they would like to right to your point austin like they want the four but but even more specific than that like maybe they just want somebody with with experience that they can kind of bank on because they don't obviously have that 
on their roster. But on the other hand, you know, they recruited Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz because they think they can start here. They're not, they're not in the business of taking quarterbacks. They don't think can play at Ohio state. And maybe there are some people who uh, feel like they've seen enough of Devin Brown or have enough context clues because Devin Brown didn't beat out Kyle McCord to think that, that that's just not going to happen. I'm not really in that camp. Like I would, I would like to see what it looks like when Devin Brown runs the show and the cotton bowl, because I think there is a transformation that can happen there or a, you know, a, 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 a clear, clear mind and clearer process that can happen when you know you're kind of not in a neck and neck battle like he was with, with Kyle McCord that can perhaps unlock something different than what Ohio state has seen already. It's not a guarantee, but you're playing in a game that doesn't matter. I think you owe yourself the, the, the opportunity to find out what that might look like. And maybe you split it with Lincoln Keenholz to, to find that out as well. So it's, it's two, I think pretty important data points that they're sort of waiting on in terms of Lincoln Keenholz's development, Devin Brown's development and, what happens if you give either of those guys or both a chance to show show the coaches what it looks like in a game with combined with the whirlwind of quarterback transfer portals where like guys are jumping in every day you feel like if you don't get got, get a guy that day he goes in the portal you've already missed out like it's a really difficult situation to manage i don't i don't really envy ohio state but i i think like my my viewpoint on it has changed a little bit that i i don't think it is imperative that they get one Mostly because, like Berm said, like I, I just don't see a slam dunk upgrade out there. Like I, maybe we should talk about Cam Ward because like I don't view him as that. Do either of you view Cam Ward as like, yeah, that's a guy they should definitely go get? I don't. Um, I, I mean, he's really a nice athlete. I remember talking about Cam Ward a year ago on a on a Monday rewatch show with you, Bill, where I was like, man, I see the way this guy plays the position, and I wish that Ohio State had that sort of dynamicism uh, from from their guy. But you know, CJ Stroud's pretty good, uh, and you didn't really need to make that change. I think there's another key part of this lack of perceived um, like fire or, or hurry by Ohio State, and that is that you don't have to hurry. It's still only December the 11th, and we don't know what Michael Pratt's going to do. If Will Howard ends up at Texas A&M, then a potential five-star like Connor Wiegman could end up in the transfer portal. You don't know what that could do. You don't know. Um, hell, maybe we're talking in, in March when Michigan gets all of the slapped down by the NCAA. JJ McCarthy's available in the transfer portal. What better way for JJ oh. McCarthy to stick it to Ryan Day than to say, not only did I beat you three times, now you need me to beat Michigan. Wouldn't that be amazing? My point is you just don't need to hurry because there's still three weeks left of the transfer portal. And as we saw on Saturday, when Dylan Gabriel commits to Oregon, Tyler Thompson ends, ends, enters the transfer portal. Like anything can change on any given day. And I think best case scenario for Ohio State, bless you, Bill, even though, you know, a nice job muting, by the way. Um, I'm terrible at muting when I have to sneeze, but that's just the way it goes. Uh, I think best case scenario for Ohio State is that you get through these next three weeks with Dylan, uh, uh, I'm sorry, with, with Lincoln Keenholz and with Devin Brown going back and forth competing one of you know someone starting that cotton bowl and then on december 30th someone's in the portal and you can say oh now we know and then you go get someone then like I, I, there's just no reason to hurry if you are not 100 convinced that a guy that's in the portal is going to be an upgrade and, and i know that people want to see them do something and sometimes i think people want activity for activity's sake and that's just not the way ohio state operates especially at quarterback and ryan day like has never been shy about making a move to upgrade at quarterback if he needs to. He's done it multiple times on the recruiting trail, but he has not brought in a transfer quarterback with the intention of actually starting that guy outside of Justin Fields, 
who he brought in two weeks after he took the head coaching job at Ohio State, and his only other options were Matthew Baldwin or Tate Martell. That wasn't the same. This isn't an apples-to-apples apples comparison to, to that need for Ohio State. It's a real shame that we never saw a healthy Matthew Baldwin in that competition. That just that was what the people wanted. That's what I wanted. I know that much. I like, man. I like Berm floating the idea that next year in the game, J.J. McCarthy is going to be Ohio State's quarterback, and Kyle McCord Wouldn't might be Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing? I think that would be your worst nightmares about the future of college football come to life, if that were to happen. It would be. It would be, but in this case, I'm for it. Burn it all down. Kyle McCord is visiting Nebraska this week with Julian Fleming, so that's uh, something to keep an eye on for Ohio State, uh, at least for the future of the Big Ten in that battle. Uh, losing Julian Fleming, I, st- I still find that to be one of the stranger developments of portal season for Ohio State, but um, we can have that conversation another day. Um, what Did you come to any conclusion yourself about Cam Ward, Bill? Yes. Like, I... <clears throat> I completely understand the people who watch the best of Cam Ward and fall in love with him because it's pretty dynamic, like Berm said. He's got a cannon for an arm. He can make a lot of the throws. He's athletic. He's elusive. Um, he's a little bit of a risk taker, which I which I don't inherently have a problem with. Um, actually, he's like a major risk taker, which I do have a problem with. Um, <laughs> don't you think, Bill, that's why Cam Ward and his people want him to be talked about by Ohio State? Sure, because they know, yeah. they know that maybe he needs the Ohio State system to be the best version of himself. Like, yeah, I can definitely case, see that. Drop your asking price by a million bucks and let's talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if, if you're trying to use Ohio State to get money and because you want what they offer their quarterbacks and to learn, how, then, you know, those are competing, competing interests. Yeah. And when it's one of those. Yes. Yeah. Everyone yeah, knows that. Um, I, I just don't know. Cam Ward, what I've seen from Cam Ward at Washington State. I didn't watch him at Incarnate Word, but I'm assuming it looks similar. You um, haven't crunched that tape yet. I haven't, cru- I haven't crunched absolutely stunned. Yeah, I haven't crunched the incarnate word tape. Um, but over the last two years of Washington State, there there have been some very high highs. Like I, I'm not I'm not trying to dispute that. I just don't know that I see a style of play that suits what Ryan Day is looking for. I think Ryan Day is like I, risk averse is probably the wrong way to put it when it comes to quarterback play. But but clearly turnovers are something that are a huge bugaboo for him. Um, even if even if turnovers are an expected uh, outcome, when you have a guy who's like playmaking a little bit, like Cam Ward does, like he guy has forty six fumbles in his career, and over the last eight games of the season, his intercept touchdown interception ratio is like twelve to seven. I think it's just like if you're someone who is uh, you know non plus by Kyle McCord's decision making and lack of ball security, sometimes Cam Ward's going to drive you insane. So like that's what it's it's weird to me. And I'm not even trying to compare the two. That's not, that's not why I make that point. It's just that Cam Ward is a very volatile quarterback. And unless you're going to tell me that Ohio State is going to get all of that out of him and he's just going to show up and you're going to see only the good stuff or mostly the good stuff, then it's really hard for me to come around to the idea that, that Ohio State is going to take a step forward at the position with a guy like that. Ryan Day took the most athletic quarterback, the most explosive athlete to probably ever play quarterback in the NFL and made him a pocket passer for two years at Ohio State. And, cho- and told him, do not run, do not be, do not do this stuff. And what, I mean, if you take that away from Cam Ward and his game, are you confident enough by what you've seen to say he's, he's willing here, he's capable of being a pocket passer like Justin Fields was at Ohio State? And I just don't think that's realistic. Yeah. I think 
you made a good point about the conflicting ideas there, Berm. If if Cam Ward desperately wants to get to Ohio State, that is a move that is clearly designed to make him a more appealing NFL draft prospect. So that money and that potential reward should outweigh one and a half to two million dollars of for one year of play in college. Like you'd think that you'd if if that's where your thought process is leading you, Ohio State is the best fit to turn Cam Ward into a more polished passer and a better decision maker. Then why do you need to ask for all that money up front? You know if that's if that's the decision for him and he wants to cash in right away, then the same usual suspects are going to be available for that. Miami, Florida State, you know, Texas A&M, Michigan State. They are all going to pay that money up front. Nebraska appears to be uh, playing that game as well this offseason. But Ohio State won't. They're not going to. You're going to have to pay for a quarterback if you want in the transfer portal, but you don't have to pay $2 million and then sacrifice the rest of your roster. And that's the part that if you see these other reports tying Ohio State to Cam Ward, and you think that they're going to pay $2 million, I can just tell you right now that they're not. True. Okay. True that. Good. Is there, uh, is there, because like I, I, Burr has mentioned to me, Michael Pratt a couple times, that is the guy that I would love to see Ohio State get if he becomes available. Um, they play their bowl game on the 27th. He hasn't, I, I haven't seen anything about whether or not he's going to play in that bowl game, but I don't, it, it still feels possible that maybe he could be an option for Ohio State, right? If, if if he wants to play in that game and then maybe go in the portal after that, he's also an NFL candidate. Like I, I think he could be maybe a second or third round pick. I don't think he's a first round pick this year. Can he pick um, it, Russ? Yeah, right. Oh, that's a good point. But I think he's the kind of guy who who could come to a place like Ohio State and almost like punch his ticket to be a first round pick, assuming everything you know goes right health wise for him. So he's still someone that I remain interested in and. This is me like purely speculating. Like, I wonder if Ohio State's patience is a reflection of them wondering if something might happen with Michael Pratt as well. A lot of that speculation with Pratt has existed previously. There were, um, you know, reports in November that Michael Pratt was strongly considering being a Power Five transfer after the season uh, because mock drafts, NFL evaluations had him, you know, seventh or eighth. You know, certainly is a top 10 quarterback prospect in this upcoming draft, but with those guys at the very top, not likely to be a first round draft pick and and could slide, you know, second, third, however far it takes to get to the eighth best quarterback in this draft. He, he's certainly someone who you think would would benefit as well from another year and a different uh, crop of quarterbacks. Uh, if he played in, with Ryan Day in that system and for the Buckeyes for a year, what would that look like in a year's time? I, I think that those are fascinating conversations to have and if that's what's in Ohio State's back pocket Ryan Day's the back of his mind you know so be it I, I think the frustration part is compo- is putting if there is any and Zach Bourne and I talked about this la- last week with the urgency that Ohio State I think I feel like they should have in December because the Cotton Bowl is largely irrelevant and because you're combining what seems like lack of movement at quarterback, except for one going out the door with wondering why there hasn't been any sort of move made with the coaching staff uh, at this point when they could have put those people on the road instead of having Parker Fleming go, go visit a long snapper who's already committed or you know having Corey Dennis go on the road to see Aaron Nolan. Like, those, that feels like wasted effort for me, and that's the part that I think gets into my brain as well about 
making a more definitive plan at quarterback. And Berm, you're like Berm's right. It's December 11th. They don't have to do it right now. I just feel like there's opportunity and time that is not being spent to the maximum capacity. I agree, but I don't agree with that when we're talking about the quarterbacks in the transfer portal. However, yeah. I think we we have all had the conversations with people. We've known about Riley Leonard. We've known about Dylan Gabriel. We It's clear that those were players that they actually thought could help them, and they tried to make it happen and didn't. I think the question is, why should they try to get involved or force urgency with players that they don't believe 100% are actually an upgrade over what's on the roster? So if you can, as I said, get through the Cotton Bowl, and I, I take some... uh uh, I bristle a little bit at the idea that Cotton Bowl is not important, especially because in these next few days, we're going to find out if Travion Henderson and Emeka Abuka and Jack Sawyer and JT2 Malowau and uh, Jordan Hancock and Denzel Burke and Lathan Ransom and all these guys decide that they want to return. And and that sounding as crazy as it does, like that that's all possible. Like I think that that Cotton Bowl becomes very important for the future of Ohio State football when it comes to bouncing back from the Michigan loss. Um, and winning that game moving forward with whether Devin Brown or Lincoln Riley or Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Keenholz is the quarterback. I, you can then, because of the portal, because Michael Pratt could enter the portal on December 31st, then you still at least have a better sense of knowing, okay, this is what we've got. And now this is available. And like, I, I just don't see the, the need to force activity just because you can. Uh, it, like this is Ohio State still. You're not just going in and bringing in any random quarterback off the street. So if Haynes King at Georgia Tech wants to transfer, let's talk. If Connor Weekman at Texas A&M wants to transfer, let's talk. Like until then, what, if you look at the guys in the current transfer portal outside of of Riley Leonard and outside of maybe Will Howard, like who again, none of us I think are fully on the Will Howard train. But from enough conversations we've had, I think we all know that there's a belief in Columbus that he's a guy that they could win with. Like, who else is out there that you look at in the quarterback transfer portal and say, oh, that's our guy? Like, if, if we're all in agreement that that's not Cam Ward, then who is the guy? Because otherwise, why are you hurrying? Like, hurrying for no purpose uh, just seems silly to me. I, although, I mean, this is strictly in the quarterback discussion, not talking about the coaching decisions and et cetera. What, uh, what would either of you say to, I'm sure, more than a few people who are currently yelling Dante Moore at their computer screen or their car stereo, wherever they're they're catching this? <laughs> I just we've had that conversation. That that's it's Ohio State is not going to bring in a guy that's going to blow up Devin Brown, Lincoln Keynotes, and Aaron Olin. Like that's just not going to happen. Yeah, don't see it. Especially again for a guy that was a eleven touchdowns to nine interceptions, completing fifty three percent of his passes as a freshman. Now I, I we can say what you want about Chip Kelly and his offense and how he maybe doesn't develop quarterbacks or whatever, but he's also one of Ryan Day's best friends, and I think we have a pretty good sense of the fact that Ryan Day has had a conversation with Chip Kelly about exactly what is Dante Moore, what is what is his upside, and I don't think Chip Kelly would lie to him. I don't think Chip Kelly would in, would try to like blow up Dante Moore's future. I just I, I just don't see it as a fit because it, blowing up the Ohio State quarterback room is what that would take, and I just don't see it happening. They had an opportunity to say yes to him at this yeah. time a year ago and did not. Uh, and then now you have more information than you did at that time. And I'm not sure that it's positive enough to change their opinion about where Dante Moore fits or does not fit in Ohio State. I, I just do not see that as a potential option. 
Yeah, because yeah, he still, I, he still I, needs to develop for another year before you could even feel comfortable enough saying that he's the guy. Yeah, and that's that's the thing for me. Like, because he would have to be there next year. Because if you bring in Dante Moore, you're going to bring in two other quarterbacks with him. Because like Berm said, you're going to lose you're going to lose your entire room. I would think. Um, certainly, the guys who are currently there, and I just I would have a hard time seeing Aaron Nolan coming to a place where Dante Moore is the assumed presumed starter for the next two years. Um, and he just does not strike me as someone who's would be ready to lead Ohio State to where it wants to get to um, as a true sophomore with no insurance behind him because you sacrificed your room to get him in the first place. Let's play the hypothetical game. If you could choose between Drew Aller and Dante Moore for next year, who do you take? For one year, because Drew Aller would be able to go off to the NFL after next year if he if he lived. I would take NFL. Dante Moore because you get two years of him, and I still think his ceiling is higher. I think Drew Aller was broken in Columbus in October, so I'm not sure that I would have any interest in watching that <laughs> more than one time in the horseshoe. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree that I would still take Dante Moore, but I mean, these are the conversations, but that's only because you you have to blow up your room if that happens. I, I've watched Dante Moore play in person. I've watched him at Elite 11s. I've seen, like, I know what he can do. Uh, I believe that he's going to be a, an NFL quarterback, but I just, I don't know that that's not the case with the three guys that are going to be in the Ohio State's room in January. I think that's still possible. Do you do you know something about Drew Aller that we don't? Does, no, do yeah. that question? no I mean, <laughs> where did that hypothetical? I'm wondering the same thing. How did we get on that because, hypothetical? Because I know Buckeyes fans are like, "Well, you let Drew Aller go for Devin Brown." Like, uh, I'm just trying to throw everything out there. We can talk JJ McCarthy. We can talk Drew Aller. Everyone's right. it's hypothetical. Baby. Everyone's Hypo- available. Hypothetical berm. You can Check have Caleb Williams uh-huh. or. CJ Stroud. Ooh. I'd probably take CJ Stroud in this Ohio State offense. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because of his BPS. He is the BPS, the king of BPS. Nice job, Jets, leaving him out there on Sunday to get murdered. Just idiotic. He doesn't play he for play, the Jets. He plays so for the Texans. Whatever. Think. Nice job, Texans, leaving him out there to be murdered by the Jets on Sunday. Like, you're, all of your weapons are hurt. It's a pouring down rain. You ha- you have negative four yards passing because of sacks on the day, and you still let him out there in the fourth quarter with six minutes to go. Like, come on. Protect your assets, dummies. All right. Brought it full circle with another quarterback to talk about on this quarterback-heavy edition of the podcast daily on Monday. I think we'll talk about some other positions on Tuesday. Hopefully, we will be following that up with some conversations with the Buckeyes and then maybe getting – more excitement from me, I suppose, about the Cotton Bowl. Berm's already there. He's embracing the opportunity that the Ohio State has against Missouri. We'll talk about it later on in the Horseshoe Lounge for the live show at Roosters. Uh, so we'll catch you there. For Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham, I'm Austin Ward. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you later.